2: from the Los Angeles Convention Center site of Radio Row. It's the Around the NFL podcast. I'm Dan Hansis. I'm on a set filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal, Ricky Hollywood, now deep into her 30s. Am I right? Sean Payton's walking by with the whole crew. A walk and talk. A walk and talk with Payton reagent agent coach and you know what perfect timing for the other man on the couch ian Rappaport, who just came by we're gonna get into the whole this is the game preview show so get excited we're gonna dig deeper we're also gonna have derrick henry on the show that's gonna be awesome uh but ian rapaport the great rap sheet buddy what's going on is that the next coach
3: of the dallas cowboys let's start there like literally uh, next year sean payton yeah uh i hadn't heard are those rumors out there <laughs> i don't it feels to me i, I don't know but it feels to me a little too, like, on the nose. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. A lot of times when those those things, it's like everyone assumed for so long that Aaron Rodgers was going to get traded to the Broncos that it almost feels to me like it's not going <laughs> to happen because everyone has just assumed. You know, like, that. everyone has named him the coach of the Cowboys. I'm sure Rosenthal sent out a snarky tweet about it. Right definitely. after his, I mean, retirement. definitely. It's like
4: it's like Ian just assumed he could come onto our podcast. <laughs> we were just about to start. He walks up and he's like, oh, where, "Where's my invite?" Yeah, we're, he was correct. Essentially, just um, right. walked onto the set, he forced was- his way on, and has been texting for the last five minutes ever since. That's on
2: brand. He's a al- he's, he's gotta like gotta the only guy in. that's yeah. allowed to do that. So you got to take advantage of
3: it. it. Is weird though because like I am generally not that polite. I think that's fair to say, and. <laughs> It's almost like I have license to be not polite. Right. Because I'll be in a conversation and they will be like, oh, hold on. I got a text. And it could be literally my right. wife and people like, oh, do your thing, man. Do your thing. It's
4: fine. <laughs> like if Pellicero if tried to pull the same move that you just did, he would not be on the podcast right now. Wow. You know, That's you rare, pulled though. that off. I- I've, and
2: I've said this before. Like I knew Ian before he was rap sheet. And Ian was always like this. There's there's a bit yeah. of a, a demeanor. So you've always kept it real. It's not like uh, fame and incredible wealth from being an NFL insider has changed you. This is who you are. As you a were man. built I for this. I respect that. Yeah,
3: I was built for this. I've been kind of like rude slash dismissive really since I could, <laughs> since I've been young Cecil
2: you said you had a follow up well, no, question I mean, we've look had, at Mac
5: Jones we've
3: had Ian right on a number there? of times
2: calm down Erica be a professional look at
5: him he's so tall you're, you're
2: 30 now oh I get. he actually doesn't look that imposing like we had he's Justin really Herbert nice. on the show and he looked like an actual god
3: amongst men I actually gotta go say hello to him wait no yeah.
4: you can go Ian whenever you, you feel comfortable <laughs> but like no one's ever been like oh Mac Jones physical specimen like it's uh, crazy to be yeah. in the room with that guy you What is? I mean, it's the best—the the
3: best Mac Jones picture was him right. with his oh, shirt yeah. off, yeah. <laughs> smoking. I think a cigar, right? Yeah, something,
2: isn't it? And Patriots fans are like, "Well, remember Tom Brady's combine photo? So you know, goat number two. A strong parallel. Up. It's not going to happen again. That's just what it is. Hey, what is the follow-up? Oh well, for no, I, I mean, I
6: always check in with this situation. You're a—you're an um, internationally known newsbreaker. I think you're, you're one of the recognizable wealthy. football faces on the planet. <laughs> Where are we with like the, the groupie, the female groupie scenario? I mean is it I always like just to right. see
3: where we are. Um I, I I don't get a lot of DMs from females. Um
6: The same with these boys. You should see
4: our live shows. <laughs> it's a sausage factor. <laughs> you
3: no, know, that actually that's on brand. Um not a lot, but some.
4: Right. I have had not a lot but Mark's response to them. Like the rate is very high. It's like Well, a hundred percent, I would it's, say. It's, yeah. It's,
3: one literally one hundred percent. Um I will sometimes go through my uh You know, there's the three, there's the categories. There's like the categories of the people I know. Then there's the categories of people I kind of know. Then there's the randos. Sometimes I would go through the randos just to see and uh, really nothing.
2: Is there ever like you get maybe one of every once in a while, oh, Ian, Adam Schefter couldn't even carry your cell phone charger. Yeah, I, like
3: that. I, I get some of that. Yeah, <laughs> I like it, and then move on. in favor with you. Yep.
5: <laughs> wow, your guys' DMs are a lot different than mine. What jealous. are yours like? Mine are bad. Mine are like.
3: Oh boy. Bad meaning good.
5: Like bad. Oh like, yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. All right. You know what I mean. But
3: like like bad or like. like
5: ooh. Well, no, yeah, like, you've shown
6: us
2: some. Yeah, there are, some there of are them
5: like, are pretty pretty crazy. Some right. of them are like just like you're hot. Some of them are like. See, You're ugly. Stop doing shows. <laughs> I would say with you,
3: it's certain not...
6: people go from zero to 60 very quickly with their, yeah. with their DMs.
5: Yeah.
3: So. I feel yeah. like everyone should be subjected at some point to what women in the media have to deal with. Oh, yeah. They would all lose their damn minds. It's yeah. so true. Just like do nothing and get random insults for no reason. It's just the
5: bonkers. Yeah, I've been told I'm like too fat for an audio podcast. <laughs> what the f-
3: <laughs> You're a <That> beautiful seems- <laughs> woman. Yeah, that seems, seems me- overly really, mean. really
5: forceful. You're beautiful yeah. Greg just and did the uh, peace signs. He's like, yeah, that was me. Hey, Ian. someone said and Someone
4: waved as they were going by. There's a lot going on here.
2: Ian, I know you're yes. a busy man, and we have a lot to get to, but I want to ask you this. You have been the insider, and you got to answer this honestly. This is going to be a hard hitting question. Okay. You've been doing this now for years. What, 2013 or so at NFL? Yeah. yeah. As the insider? That is a job. That ages you. and what The hair dye obviously has kept it from showing. But Why do
3: people think that I dye my hair? But hands? I'm
2: just saying, at what point do you walk away from the insider role and find something else? Because I happened. imagine that the stress level, despite being a high visibility gig, it has to be immense to the point where maybe I want to put down my phone at some point. Maybe I want to hold my son who I've never met before. <laughs> maybe there's these things. Like, Does this go through your mind now that you've done this so long?
3: I try to hold my son. He's eight, and he doesn't like it very much. <laughs> if I get like one hug a week, then it's it's very really lucky. Yeah. As long as I don't mess up. His do they hair. think it's
4: cool what you do? Right, he takes after the old man. Not uh,
3: really. Yeah, his hair is amazing. No, uh, do they think it's cool? <laughs> no, uh, we. My wife ended up talking to my oldest son Max's teacher yesterday, and she was like, "Oh yeah, Ian to the Super Bowl." And the teacher was like, "Oh, that's cool. Like, is this his first one?" And she's like, "Oh no, well he's you know on TV." And she's like, "Oh really." Max had never mentioned it at one time, <laughs> and he's been in school for five. Kids months. are awesome
4: like that. Like,
3: n- it never came up and. Co-
4: like, it says a I, lot, though, that you think that's surprising. Like that, you would have assumed I mean, he would have been talking. Uh, he about He has your told dad. all of his friends well, you know,
3: know the names of our two cats, but like,
2: it, it goes like you. You'll, you'll hear Tom Hanks say the same thing. Like my kids do not care. It just it filters all the way down. They that's, care. They if, never care.
3: They care if they are on TV. Like right. when I'm doing like the McAfee show or something, I forget to lock the door, and they wander in. They're like, how many people are watching? I'm like, oh my god.
4: It's a good, it's a good name to bring up because I think when you think like two of the most, you know, premier American everyman, you think Tom Hanks and then rap Sheet. Yeah, like those guys. I think that's probably right there true. together.
2: Yeah. All right, Ian. Anything else? Do you want to share anything with our huge, <laughs> well, vast break, maybe audience? Maybe break
6: some news here. You know. Yeah. You have
3: any news? Um, something a nug? The only thing I had I put out this morning, you know, but it's like the dregs of the assistant coach world, you know, like Dom Capers.
6: And- well, you've saved a real gem for us. Thank you. Dom Capers yeah. has, uh, has
4: been do you, hired, got, so. do you have anything planned though for Sunday? You try to save some bomb drops some for stuff. Super Bowl Sunday? I don't know
3: if it'll be a bomb drop. It's tough Super Bowl week. We'll get some stuff. Okay. Did
4: you ever get, you ever
2: come up with, like, they have the Woj Bombs in the NBA? Do we have a, we have a term? I kind of don't
3: like that. You know? Okay. I don't. I think I mean, you
4: too. Rap Sheet is your version of the Woe yeah. Bombs. You've got a brand. Well, mm. Ian, you've said it all.
2: <laughs> Are you looking forward to the halftime show?
3: Yeah. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Famously, what Ian I'm, likes rap. The only, yeah, he's, he's a, the only rap thing head. I'm really looking forward to, I don't get stressed. I get stressed a little bit about work, but not a ton by now. I am nervous I'm not going to get any good pregame selfies. Uh, I have a really good streak going. Me and Gaga, I get a great selfie. Wow, Usher, great one. Steph Curry, great one. If I don't get like Snoop <laughs> or something, I'm going to be like really bummed. Did any of them is, know the who you were? Um, Gaga did. Gaga's sure. like, you, <laughs> <Sheppard> <laughs> could not hold your <laughs> cell phone charger. <laughs> um, Steph Curry knew who I was. Okay, that's cool. Usher, that's I think. Diddy did. I met. Had a good one with Diddy. Oh, was wearing a fur coat because he was trying to buy the Panthers. When they really didn't have enough money. Oh, I remember, remember that? that. like <laughs> story, little storyline that yes. was kind of not really a thing? That did not happen, though.
2: No. All right, pick the game before we say goodbye.
3: Uh, Bengals win with the Joe Burrow drive at the end.
2: Uh, Ricky Hollywood was on the red car- carpet at the honors wow. uh, Look at you. yesterday. Right? And uh, couldn't even get uh, Mac Jones, Patriots quarterback, to pick a winner of the game. Yeah, My wouldn't. least favorite trope in any sports I interview. Just, I
3: was just talking to Kevin Clark who had Ring Herbert her. yep. on and he said they asked Herbert who's going to win and he said the city of California
4: <laughs> oh no I'm oh, glad yeah. we didn't ask we had Herbert too it was a much better interview with us uh, But he that, said the city crazy.
2: of California
4: yeah oh we gotta scrub that from the public record
2: we got to it. it's a long week alright Ian best of luck to you buddy good seeing you thanks for letting me come on guys goodbye alright there he goes the great rap sheet a Thank busy you. man always in demand and now we turn our attention. Let's give him a round of applause. Ian Rappaport, hey. there he goes. All right, great show today. We're going to get to the breakdown. Bengals-Rams, Super Bowl 56. Mark, what you, you've been with the NFL for well over a decade now. What's your level of excitement going into the, the big game? Because I have to say, one of the reasons why I love my job is that I still love, I love the season. I love the 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 story of it all, and the story ends on Sunday night.
6: I think this is the most um, that I've been looking forward to the actual game in years and years, and it's because of the Bengals and because of everything that we've been through with that journey. I think it's just one of the more intriguing uh, NFL plotline slash narrative slash team ways to get here of any club I've, I can think back to. I mean, so I, my excitement level is high. I don't need to be... Um, when I leave downtown L.A. today, will not be returning to downtown L.A. for roughly seven and a half years. <laughs>
4: wow. Downtown in L.A., great restaurants, Koreatown, taking like a big fire here. I I think like the <laughs> players say it's like it's like once the love of the game is gone, that's when I'll know it's time to, mm-hmm. to walk away. I think if you actually. Or Giselle
2: says you're not allowed to
4: play right, football That's anymore. another one. it I for think a week, <laughs> Sundays, Super Bowl Sunday to me is never is never remotely disappointing. The exciting, the excitement of being at the stadium, building up, and the goosebumps you get, and then once the game starts, that's always amazing. The week leading up to it, that's where our jaded side shows somewhat, and you're mm-hmm. always fine skipping ahead to the game if you could, or if they just let us fly in on Saturdays. I personally would do that, but everyone is different. I've liked the home Super Bowl. I like sleeping in my. Uh, at home and seeing my kids and stuff. It's made the week so. Notice he, say he didn't
2: sleep, not sleep in my bed because Emica's had him on the couch for two years now.
4: <laughs> sure. You get home too late. It's like, no, you're staying out there. Stay I, together for the kids. I, I like... I don't know like i I it's gone by faster at home which I like it
2: has I we don't need to dwell on this because yeah. it is minutia ultimately but I do I love the whole vibe of Super Bowl week it's a little different when like Daddy has to go coach the Gators on Wednesday in the first baseball practice like it's a little it's a little tricky to thread the needle but we have Ricky happy birthday once again thank you 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 look Wonderful. You're glowing for someone the morning after their 30th birthday celebration. I know.
5: I feel like I've let my personal sort of reputation slash brand down. So I got many texts. Justin next to me, Aaron over there was like, hey, are you okay? How are you feeling? I'm like, like,
2: everyone's calling the local board. Everyone's
5: like, oh, Erica definitely did not make it (laughs) through the night or she's going to be looking like a hot mess this morning. Like, I feel really great. I kept it to just wine last night. had a great dinner. My little baby brother's in town. Uh, me, Jet, and him, and my friend Sarah, just the four of us, went to dinner. And because, you know, I we had a big show today.
6: And there uh, you go. You're, you look a sharp. Um, I sense a, a higher level of maturity um, emanating from you.
5: Thank you. Yeah, I feel just... You different. had a
6: Princess Leia-style dress on the red carpet, which yes. um, I Princess found. leia Oh, the, the white... Wait a
2: second. Wait a second. <laughs> Princess Le- When she's fighting the Jabba monster with no, the no, lightsaber. No, no, no. The white, I know that the, outfit. No, the original But that wasn't white. white. The
6: white, the white. Get over here,
2: Jabba monster! It's me versus you. I am Leia. Like that scene?
6: <laughs> Does she no, sound like that's, that? <laughs> that's not on. That's not a. She was yeah. like a brown outfit. No, no, but no. This was white. With I, a I don't cape. know how to move Dan off this because we p- we discussed it prior and he cannot.
5: Hear right, us you no guys know. have been talking about my Princess Leia outfit like since yesterday.
2: <laughs> I don't know. The the honors is amazing. We saw Connie was wearing a wild outfit. Oh, yeah. Everyone was really uh, dressed to the t's. Did you guys I- go? I was at the NFL Experience with my two sons, my wife, my buddy Bob. Did they love it? They had a great time. Again, usually on a Thursday night, I'd be getting loose somewhere at a Super Bowl city. Maybe I'd be out to dinner
4: with you, but I what have do you responsibilities. Mean maybe? <laughs> Certainly, it, yeah, it was very Certainly. strange. I was at work because uh, we taped our show there, and then I had a couple things after that. Leaving and everyone from work, like putting up makeup in the like at their desk, and everyone that you, we are normally. Working with wearing like beautiful gowns and suits, and as I'm walking to the, my parking lot, I, I park my car in the parking lot. Like Zeke Elliot is being dropped off, looking all nice and everything. Was he wearing I, a it was belly very shirt strange that that was our workplace, but no, I went to, yeah. I got out of there. I got well, we
6: went. I, yes. I like how Greg des- he describes it as my parking lot.
4: <laughs> the, Just- the- NFL Network. That's was, what it feels like. Dude. I know, it's but our, there's there's roughly it's like seven thousand other people that have ac-
6: access to that
4: that the area. The new but,
2: office, which is across the street from SoFi Stadium, was certainly bustling. At one point, I went, I went into the like the dressing room area, and there's Baldy, like looking literally like a Hercules character, changing. You have Nate Burleson around the corner. Is Kyle Brandt. Like that's the shirt didn't come off around these <laughs> gentlemen. These were this this was like a. Go change in shame in the local lavatory. I'd be happy scenario.
6: to. I'd be happy to go uh, topless in, the, in that. I in that room. I'm very proud of what know. I'm presenting. We all know. Okay.
2: Just lathering
4: yourself up. Not about that. Bronze. I mean, that I mean, seems like a next step. It, like that would be your number two option. Number one would be wearing the Princess Leia outfit. Right. You know, that would be like your biggest dream. In, what was it like wearing a cape? By all way. about. We really
2: got to get going, but
4: I've always yeah.
5: wondered
2: what's
4: what's it like.
5: It to was wear a very. Cape. Um, it was very empowering. Yeah, it felt pretty cool. I really liked it. I wasn't sure if I could pull it off. It was a little bit. I I needed a couple of confidence boosts. I was in the hair and makeup chair, and the girls were really gassing me up, being like, Good. you look bomb AF. You got to wear this." Oh, you pulled it off. Now
2: yeah. NFL honors. That was you were on that red carpet, and we're gonna get to all the award winners and the games and our sandwich props, our game picks, uh, guests galore. It's a, it's a big show. Um, they did do a in memoriam section yes. of the show, and it was very nice and also still surreal uh, that Chris Wessling. Um, our man, who should be sitting next to Mark right now, uh, a a beautiful photo of him from the Super Bowl in Minnesota. I still remember that photo when it was taken. And also our great friend Tara Deeker, who we also lost to cancer this year. So to see them as part of that
4: uh, goosebumps moment and still, yes, still very strange. It really is. It was a surprise. I I always think of, like, what would Chris think in these scenarios? Because it was like all these players that he knew better Mm -hmm. than all of us. It was, you know, these guys from the yep. '60s and '70s. It was like Marty Schottenheimer and, certain, and all these different players. And I was thinking, like, and then up comes Chris in Tara. It was, it was uncanny. And when things like that happen, you just realize it's just it's bigger than just our friend that we lost. Our friend that he's had this sort of impact. I I ran into someone on the way into Radio Row today. He's from Iceland. He's his name is. Uh, I don't even know how to say this name, but Erker Askerson, he he works I for, got you. for a television station. Erker
2: Stefan Askerson.
4: He works <laughs> for a, te- a television station in Iceland. He said he's here because of Chris, that he's a, a diehard fan of the show, a diehard fan of Chris. He's a fan of the Bengals. Normally, Iceland would not be sending any coverage to the Super Whoa. Bowl. And when Bengals made it, he, he's he been following us. He, he was a little emotional, too, and just saying that, like— I just felt like he'd the call, like, if ever I should be at a Super Bowl, I need to be at this Super Bowl. So he started emailing the people that he knew within the NFL offices. He started pushing all the people at his Icelandic TV station, and he said he is here today because of of Chris.
6: How cool is that? I love it. That's amazing. And we get questions all the time, like, how do you get into sports? How do you get into football? And, like, I think if anyone that looks at the journey that Wes took from beginning to end— there's no one way and his way was as unique as anyone i've ever met
2: absolutely we got to we celebrated chris this past weekend we were at hanano's the famous burger joint there in venice where we spent many days and had many pitchers and great greasy burgers on that griddle sometimes if you use a griddle enough it the griddle itself i wish you could taste this mark i know you're not a meat guy but the the flavor of oh, those patties um it's just special but that was that was where we had so many great moments with Wes also Deeker who's such a great woman and and we miss her a lot too that was the last time uh we ever saw Deeker was at uh Colleen's uh dad summit post uh the boat trip we went to Hanano's last spring and that ended up being the last time we saw Deeker so that was it's been an emotional roller coaster obviously as we've talked about on the show and it was just nice to see both of those special people remembered in such a public way.
6: I would add that I've had the grilled cheese there, and I'm sure it's not cooked on a pure um, griddle. That's
2: basically a cheeseburger. Exactly. So, you know, I've been there to some degree. All right. Let's, uh, speaking of honors, that is the uh, platform, that's the delivery uh, device, I should say, uh, for the awards now. And they moved it from Saturday, where it's always been as long as we've been doing the show, to Thursday, which helps us because... I've always been a little frustrated as the host of this show that they give out all the awards on Saturday, the night before the Super Bowl. We're talking Super Bowl Sunday that we're taking a few days off. And somehow these awards fall through the cracks on the show. Not this year and hopefully not uh, any longer. So let's go through it. Not a lot of surprises, Greggy, but let's I'm going to tick through it. Aaron Rodgers won easily
4: MVP. um I believe he got 39 votes. Yeah, uh, Tom Brady got 10, which got actually 10. was more. I, thank you to those 10 people. I think that was the right vote. That, Cooper, that was more than I expected.
2: And Cooper Cup got the other vote. Cooper Cup was not shut out, though. He got Offensive Player of the Year. Not a surprise. And the rest, there's no real surprise to be found here. We have TJ Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. Jamar Chase took Offensive Rookie of the Year. Of course, Mika Parsons. Micah? Mika? I'm still Micah. Struggling with that. Micah Parsons took Defensive Rookie of the Year. There you he go. Hey, Gravedigger. Hey, Gravedigger, you've been laying low ever since that Titans playoff loss. Let's be honest. He's on the couch right now. We didn't set up a microphone
4: for him. But, but the digger comes. Here clearly comes.
2: He, he is. This is the first time he's on mic since, you know, the middle of the playoffs. Uh, your boy, Mike Vrabel, I thought they did a good job at this because Vrabel uh, took that team to another division. T- I know it's a soft division, but, you know, they won 11 games and had so many injuries that they
7: dealt with. Uh, and he just got a contract extension, so that's well that's well earned, right, for the Titans? I think he was the uh the obvious candidate to win. Erica made a nice bet with Willie McGinnis as we were walking over to the uh the red carpet that he wouldn't win <laughs> and then got to talk to Bravel about her bet on the red carpet. Oh that's so that cool. Yeah. Where can we hear all that stuff?
5: Um, I don't know. Actually, it's it something. Some of it will be on Greg's show, Game Day View. They're they're airing oh, nice. um something there, and it'll it'll be all over. But yeah, I bet Willie McGinnis my West Hollywood house for his Long Beach mansion Ooh. that rabel But would. you don't own the house in West Hollywood, right? And but he certainly owns that. the mansion, right? So he sh- But he's getting my rental now, right. so he has to acquire that monthly. Where where are
6: you going to be relocating to? Turn yeah, Willie into a slumlord? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and how are you,
2: uh, Justin? That, that that was a bitter playoff loss to the Bengals. Uh, did that one, that
7: must have hit you hard right in the belly. It, it was a disappointing game. When your team gets nine sacks and loses, it's just ah, like, how's that even possible? Jeffrey Simmons was a god. And all those performances will just be lost to, like, the ether. No one's ever going to talk about Jeffrey Simmons getting three sacks in a playoff game. Like, who cares? They lost. It doesn't matter.
6: Are the Titans properly um, respected at this point mm. by the football people out there Cognicente.
7: i i think like the thing is like they weren't that bad because they played a pretty good game outside of the quarterback like uh, i don't know though when
4: i rewatched that and then i re- i didn't think it was as much on Tannehill a- as i did the first time around they they probably should have won that game good. but you tell but,
6: that to derrick henry in 40 minutes man. right but they didn't i <laughs> i think giving
4: you know i, I, I won't say this to derrick henry because i'm afraid of him uh but giving I the ball be. to derrick henry over and over and over and over and over again uh and not having any success that was a pretty big part of the game especially when the backup running back had three runs that looked better than any of those runs you're putting Tannehill in a bad situation right. there was a I lot mean, of problems uh, There was a lot of
2: problems i we don't need to relitigate no. this game, but he <laughs> threw three picks. One was on the first throw of the game that set up the initial points. The second one was when they were going in for a touchdown that would have changed the game. And the third was that basically sealed their fate. That's pretty he was, rough. He
4: was late. It was rough. It was a terrible but offensive performance. By is Benchini. everything lost Oh, go ahead. I want you to share that point. I go just ahead.
7: want to say that if you're going to lose to a team, the Bengals were the team. I'm gl- I'm like, as a fan, I'm glad to have lost to that team. Cause I feel like there's something really special about the Bengals. And this just All feels right, there like- you go. that's very noble of you. Now, Strict parameters were laid out privately
2: or publicly, I believe, by Gravedigger about his personal life and what we can and cannot talk about. So I won't ask about, you know, the thing.
5: I saw her last night at honors.
7: Ooh, well, that's, that's some evidence. Whoa. That's tangible. You that's, brought her as a date. I did.
5: Do I have to redact that? No.
7: <laughs> She's moving into her own apartment uh, yeah, tomorrow. Yes, she is. So, that's, well, this is this Justin's is on.
2: apartment of the future. <laughs> This is rapidly moving forward here. Well, we're not allowed to talk about it, but it seems like not everything is bad for Gravedigger. Not everything. All right, there he goes. Play him out, Ricky. Mm.
6: That'll help a playoff loss. Mm.
2: Bet she was all dressed up, too, wasn't she, She so looked ridiculous? nice. She looked real nice. Real good? real good. That's a good job by Gravedigger. <laughs> hey, listen, there's some hurdles, there's some barbed wire, but you just you throw an old coat over the barbed wire and you get over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, what is uh, this show about today? Okay. Uh, Coach of the Year, Mike Vrabel, comeback player of the year, Joe Burrow beats Dak. Some people a little bit surprised, but everybody calmed
4: down. Dak
2: was okay this year. Took uh, that good. was
4: clear. That, would, that was the one chance for injustice happening, and I'm glad it. That's didn't good. Happen. And then the Walter, May- uh, Walter Payton Man of the
2: Year award went to Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle. That of his the Rams. speech,
6: by the way, I thought was one of the best moments of the night, where he talked about Derek Barnes from the Lions. Ran up to him after they played Detroit, and was like he threw Andrew Whitworth, Whitworth off after the game. He's like, I just want to know that you'll let you know that when I was a kid at the Boys and Girls Club, you used to sit down and talk to me and tell me that anything was possible, and I'm here because of you. And like Whitworth is one of the
4: best dudes in the league, and uh, I thought he
6: nailed that speech.
4: Yeah, very cool. Old, oldest tackle in NFL history, still one of the best players in the league at his position. That that was an, an awesome moment, and you do realize like how much these awards do mean to the guys like you you think it's a team game and it's all about wins and losses no like you could tell how much it meant to mike rabel you can definitely tell how much it means to aaron Rodgers to win a fourth mvp i i think that was a goal for him on he even this. washed his
2: hair right. that's how important the, the show is for him.
4: right the, you definitely are getting the, the vibe from his post game the post um speech press conference too that he's going to be back in green bay at least that's the vibe. I got. anybody and, think
2: it's funny that there's a post speech press conference?
4: Right, but it's good that <laughs> we been to some of it's, it's good; that it's been available. And I think T.J. Watt was rightly rewarded for this three year run. I I don't know if this was even his best year, but he's kind of been outshined because he's going outshined. up going up against Aaron Donald every year, who's at the peak of an all time greatest player ever career. Chris was so mad in 2019 that TJ Watt did not win. He thought that TJ Watt should have. I remember me and him going back and forth. I thought it was Donald. And this three-year run is is about as great as a pass rusher as, as anyone's had. So he, he's a and right Donald runner. is a
2: total stud. But right. this wasn't one of those Donald years. I think he had 12 and a half sacks. Um, uh, his usual assortment of knockdowns of the quarterback, but it wasn't one of those otherworldly Donald years, at least statistically. Um, And it should be just historical context before we start digging into the game for Rodgers. He's won the MVP now 2011, 2014, 2020, 2021. He's gone back-to-back. And I know the bloom is off the Rodgers rose because of some of the asinine comments he made during the year and all the appearances and then, of course, another one-and-done playoff, Ouster. But at the same time, I don't know how you can get furious that he won mvp he was awesome again this oh, year no. you know he was great and it, and it is a regular season award
6: ultimately
4: i think the three guys that got the votes were all legitimate options brady cup and rogers i would have voted brady but you can't no,
6: mine is brady but i i with you that you, rogers you, deserve is right. deserving and
4: they also announced the hall of fame just quickly guys happy for it. tony baselli leroy butler sam mills richard seymour bryant young cliff branch they put an official in the Hall of Fame, Art McNally. I didn't know that was coming. And then Dick Vermeil. Seymour was literally the best player on a Patriots team how that won three we put three Joe titles. Klecko in the Hall of Fame before we put in a referee? <laughs> and all due respect to that
2: zebra. But how about we get Joe Klecko, the only defender, to ever be all pro at three different positions? All right. There we so.
6: go. My high school locker room outside where the football coach resided. Joe Klecko. Had a Joe Klecko letter. Joe Klecko had written, a typewritten, um, I think it was actually like one of those tapped out things, like a transmission for some reason from <laughs> Joe Klecko. Code? Yeah, it, was, it, was, it seemed <laughs> almost military-like, <laughs> but I used to look at it all the time. Joe Klecko was a dominating force. Don't forget Andrew Beck's Salute to Service Award. I don't even know what, what's going on there, but nice job by him.
2: Oh, I'm sure it's certainly... <laughs> Worthy
4: of I know you're trying to Make light of it But I'm
6: not I'm looking at the winners We didn't okay. mention That Andrew Beck Won the salute well, you didn't to men- service You didn't
4: mention The fan of the year Or like the ground And pound FedEx player So it's You know There well, some are some awards That cup. get a little less
6: The military than matters to me Greg And that's why I mentioned it You can certainly Find at other areas In
2: NFL media Breakdowns of The FedEx ground And air player of the year We steer clear If you must Right Unless they pay us If FedEx (laughs) wants to cut a check, we will play that up harder than the MVP. That will be the only thing we talk about. Very deserving
4: breakaway episode. In Jonathan Taylor. What a winner. You go into your shower feeling
0: tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower...
1: Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: All right, let us um, get into the overall discussion of the big game. It is the Bengals. It is the Rams. It is a matchup of two number four seeds. I don't know if that's ever happened before, has it? Of all the data, no. Gravedigger shaking his head, no. Uh, So this has been an unlikely journey, obviously more so with Cincinnati. And I think one thing that's been lost uh, here, Greggy, is the Bengals are an incredible story. I think they are going to be, in fact, we know it to be true. They are, I think, the team that most people want to win this game. Uh, but the Rams, it's a great story in Los Angeles, too. The, the Matthew Stafford angle, um, this, the rise of Cooper Cup, a guy like Andrew Whitworth getting another crack, a guy that played forever in Cincinnati, by the way. Um, Odell Beckham, uh, Sean McVeigh getting a chance to, um, you know, exercise some demons after he kind of had a letdown game in his first Super Bowl appearance. Like, these are major figures of the modern NFL on the L.A. side of things, so it's just a great setup for a game.
4: Right, I think it in terms of your rooting interest, it's like, you could either root for the the fan base and the story and the magic of sports and underdogs and and that the Bengals have all that, or or you can you're a fan of the sport and you root for greatness, and the Rams have three first ballot Hall of Famers on their defense alone. Name them. <laughs> I mean, Va- Von Miller is a Super Bowl One. MVP. Aaron Donald is Two. maybe the greatest player of all time, and Jalen Ramsey I think is going to get there. I mean, he has to keep keep three. knocking those out, but there's only three cornerbacks. <laughs> in the history of the game that have made first team all pro <laughs> three times in their first 6 years and he is, is good. he's one of those three so so he's on his way and, and a coach that took us by storm when he came into the league and i think even though i pick on his Game management sometimes doesn't get enough credit for all the stuff you don't see behind the scenes in terms of building that organization, coaching up coaches, coaching up players, actually being a teacher like they are one of the defining teams of the last five years. So, yeah, you don't have to root for the owner or the fan base but in terms of just like greatness and the players and certainly throw obj and cooper cup into that mix too like there there is a lot to love
6: and their their approach to how they built this roster i mean the rams do things differently and I think that they were a team that entered this season with as much pressure on them and around them and on Sean McVay and less Sneed as any team in the league. And because then put more
4: on themselves in the middle of the season with those moves.
6: Absolutely. I mean, but they they gelled. They've worked out, and I think it's like instructive that there are a lot of different ways to um, construct a roster, and theirs was about as wild west gunslinging as you could find. And here they are.
2: I I think that's well put. I think the if you are somebody who has been following our league for years and watches NFL films properties like all or nothing, the all or nothing season on the Rams. Um, when Jeff Fisher was fired and he was
4: wave holding a little white dog and waving goodbye to the team bus. A very bizarre. The first the first, the first ever like emo NFL films <laughs> season. It was just kind of sad. And that,
2: and that, <laughs> and that was a dreadful Rams team. And the last episode of that particular series was the introduction of Sean, McVay and he's going you know being introduced um around the team complex and he you know he seemed very sharp in that in that brief cameo and then he turned out to be everything they could have ever wanted and he has built that program with Les Snead there as well Uh, their team building has been unorthodox but effective and then yeah it's just like what we saw from Sean Payton in New Orleans, how you could change that culture just by having a really smart, dedicated football dude on the sideline and behind the scenes. And I think McVay is such a powerful figure. And yet, Mark, the Rams are not the biggest story here. One of his disciples, uh, Zach Taylor, is the head coach of the Bengals. And on some level, if you have to like talk about how this game is going to play out, you could see this as, in 48 hours, a coronation of Joe Burrow as one of the biggest stars in America.
6: Yeah, because Joe Burrow is magic. He's magical. There's something about him that you look at the way these two teams sit right now, and kind of everything logically points to the Rams. They have the better roster. I mean, the Bengals don't even—I would say the Bengals have, like, the fourth-best roster in the AFC, fifth or something. It's, like it's not what stands out about them. And they've gotten here in a in a wonderfully um, story driven way, and they do have that angle to them. But Joe Burrow, kind of everything that you would say against the Bengals, Joe Burrow kind of wipes it all away because you just believe in what he what's capable. And Joe Burrow's not had the greatest games to get here. It hasn't been. They've been more of a field goal offense in many ways. They've not completed drives. I mean, we've talked as much about their field goal kicker. I think Zach Taylor is under they're a fair...
2: Four m- for, they're 4-for-11 in the red zone in the postseason.
6: Yeah, I mean, it's just it hasn't been the explosive version of this offense that they unfurled against a number of teams like the Ravens and the Steelers in the regular season. Mm, I really want to see what happens on early downs in this game because I think that they've really pressed... Zach Taylor with you know running the ball on first down, and I don't think you can be a Bengals team in this game against the Rams where you're into obvious third and long passing situations. This is a team that probably is going to have to go for it on fourth down in some situations where others would not. Um, Pedal, foot on the pedal, hyper aggressive, and that's on Zach Taylor, who you know Sean McVay is under. I think more pressure in this game. We don't really know that much about Zach Taylor still at this point. He's going to have to show us that he can basically put this offense into hyperdrive.
4: I I really wonder. I think that's the question of the game, of how aggressive they'll be. It's funny. They come from the same coaching tree, and yet neither of these teams look like the 2018 Rams. At all. Like, how much are the Bengals going to go out of empty? Because that's what Joe Burrow does best, and that's where he's most comfortable. Against the Titans, they did it the whole game, and he got sacked nine times. Against the Chiefs, they barely did it at all. It was hyper-conservative, six, seven-man offensive lines that didn't work that well either. Now you're going against the best pass rush that you've faced. I I think the Rams are even better than than the Titans, that they're good throughout. And there's, like, no right answer. But when you think of, like, the outside zone of what Todd Gurley was doing in 2018 and and C.J. Anderson, and then you think of the play action, and and Zach Taylor's on that step. It's like, that's not here for either one of these teams. It's very different, and I, I think... Ultimately, the Bengals, to your point, Mark, are going to have to kind of just put the ball into Burrow's hands because I don't think they're going to be able to run that well against the Rams. Anyways, the Rams just shut down the 49ers in that outside zone, so they've seen a much better version of it. They just shut down the Buccaneers in their running game. Like Von, As good as Von Miller and Leonard Floyd are rushing the passer, they're better stopping the run. I think it's going to have to be... Uh, creative, but it's also going to have to be very pass-first, and that's like a high-risk-reward scenario, and I think that's where they're at. But in there lies the rub, Mr. <laughs> Rosenthal,
2: because you could say, well, Bengals have this potential generational quarterback. He's like the new nameth, Just let him throw it 40 times and carry it a victory. And I know that's not what you're saying. It's not that simple, but it's almost like the big mismatch in this game and how the game gets wrecked potentially for everyone that wants a Cincinnati fairy tale is that they're not going to be able to protect Burrow. And if you it would take an otherworldly performance by an offensive line that is not very good. It is especially um, vulnerable in the middle and you and you just wonder if as much as they want to say let Joe Cook here, they're going to know like we need to mix things up. We can't have these We can't have Von Miller and Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald pinning back their ears knowing that this team is just going to be a pass happy offense for four quarters. I wonder if that has to be a more balanced game plan and
4: maybe that's why it was against the Chiefs because they don't trust their offensive line to pass protect. Right, and they were I don't even say they were balanced against the Chiefs. They were conservative. They were set sometimes eight man on um, eight guys on the offensive line. They were so afraid and there's of a those. reason, yeah. They right.
2: they don't think they could protect Burrow in a right. big spot.
4: But I, I think you can throw the ball quickly and that's it. I mean he also only got sacked one time against the Chiefs. I think both of these defensive coordinators are gonna play as conservative as humanly possible. They're going to back up, and they're going to give up five-yard throws to Samaje, Ryan and Mixon, and slants over the middle, assuming Uzama can play in this game, to Uzama and Tyler Boyd. And it's a lot of Joe Burrow just getting rid of the ball. Maybe that's not really that fun, and at some point he's going to hold the ball and make the first guy or two miss, but I think it's a lot of short passing, and that's the way that they can do this.
6: I think, like, to Greg, to your point, like, this Rams front versus the line, because it's like we typically spend um, two days preparing and talking about 16 games, but it's like all, this, this has been two weeks talking about one, and the Bengals' offensive line seems to be the huge X factor. There's just no way around it. I mean, I know the Titans game happened, and they escaped that, the nine-sack scenario, but in the five other games where teams compiled five or more sacks against the Bengals, they were one and four, and it did change what Burrow was able to do and, and when, how quickly he has to get rid of the ball. And like Hakeem Adenagy and Isaiah Prince on the right side. I mean, you could just stack Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Greg Gaines on that side. and you know, Robinson. Ben right? oh, I mean, Joseph it just, is licking
4: his chops right I, now. I know it's, like it's like completely we're, different. We're all supposed to like love Zach Taylor, and he's done a good job. But if you wanted to criticize Zach the number one thing is, they haven't fixed the offensive line. It's not really any better than a year ago. And a lot of it, it, I think it is game planning and coaching that they haven't come up with ways like that. the same sort of communication problems. When you watch the coaches' film and stuff, a lot of it is just guys don't know what to do, that they're not cohesive. Two guys are blocking one while another guy's is just coming in free. And we talk about, and we've talked about the nine sacks in the
2: divisional round, and he was only sack Burrow one time in the AFC title game. But that doesn't mean like he was sitting back there all day. He, The reason, one of the main reasons they pulled off that incredible comeback was his escapability, that he was able to dodge pressure, pick up huge first downs with his legs. Now here's here's one thing. The Chiefs weren't known as a pass-rushing team. No, like a
6: one-man, quarterback, a one-man danger.
2: The, is he going to be able to scramble as effectively and escape when you have Aaron Donald prominently involved? And Von Miller, who's playing... At a uh, prime level, he's cranked back the clock, and Leonard Floyd, who hasn't done uh, as much in the playoffs, but still is a presence, who's had two weeks off to get his body right. I mean, that is—it's that's the game to me. Like, how does Burrow handle that? Now, these teams don't; neither team is going to be blitzing a lot, as we understand. If you look at like their traits and the fact that Stafford, Stafford, and Burrow both light up the blitz, so this is going to be like. Does the natural pass rush of the Rams wreak havoc on the game? It's the only way, Greg, I think the Rams, this turns into everyone is, everyone's predicting, you know, a game that's anywhere between a one and four point finish in terms Mm. of margin. The only way this thing goes sideways, if
4: Cincinnati has a wretched game and Burrow starts throwing it up for grabs and bad things happen. Right. It's testing Joe Burrow's superpower to the nth degree. His superpower is his pocket movement. It was the first game of his career and it is now. It's him not worrying about that first pass rusher, moving subtly and making it happen. I, I sort of disagree. I either think the Bengals are going to win this game in a comeback and it'll be close, or the Rams win convincingly. I, I sort of, tr- I kind of trust. Well, that's the, what I just said. Right. That's yeah. what I, I. mean, in terms of like predicting the game right. being one to four, it wouldn't surprise me. Th- those feel like the two outcomes. I, I like the Bengals in a spot where they keep it close enough. And it ends up coming down to the end, and you and you do have some mismatches. You have Jamar Chase can beat Jalen Ramsey on a go ball. Like if if Jalen Ramsey has a weakness, that's it. Like J- T Higgins against Darius Williams, that's a huge size mismatch. Like this secondary for. The Rams has, has been good, but I think you can still go after their safeties. And like, it could happen. Or or what you're saying is true, and it's they're just overwhelming, and it looks like last year's Super Bowl, except That's what I the was Bengals just are thinking. playing the role of the Chiefs.
2: Because when we were – well, we weren't on Radio Row last year because there was a um, like a disease that ruined Don't say the world it. almost. Don't say um, it. But uh, that was <laughs> – as much as we were talking about how injuries were a thing for the Chiefs on their line and their line was a question mark – Nobody could have predicted what would happen when the, when the stakes were at their highest. The Bucks just took over that game in the trenches and turned it into just they just abused Patrick Mahomes. That can happen here, and I think the I think with the Rams, that's where I see obviously the mismatch. You have it there, and uh, if they can win that battle, things are very different now on the offensive side of the ball for the Rams. They're they're a very interesting team i think they are they they rank 25th in the league uh in the regular season from a rushing perspective that has not gotten better in the playoffs in fact cam Akers came back from the achilles and it's a great story but he's averaging 2.7 yards per carry he had two wretched fumbles that almost ruined their season the divisional playoffs um maybe daryl henderson and sony michelle uh give them something in the super bowl but a lot is going to be on stafford's shoulders here and there's nothing mark that we've seen in the last Three weeks of football to tell us that he won't answer the bell, but he's also thrown some balls up for grabs. Uh, Jaquise Tart, how are you doing, buddy? Literally, how are you, pal, if you're listening? Um, so uh, there will be opportunities for it Cincinnati, uh, even if Stafford continues to play at this level.
6: Yeah, I mean, the Bengals have only lost two games all year Wasn't by mean. seven it's or more like, points. We
2: keep on, like, I was on yeah. Sky Sports
4: this morning, and they had uh, the Tart replay. I'm just like, saying, Tarts like Tarts like driving down the I-5 today to go get a coffee. The hair, you know, it's sunny out. the you know, climate change is made at 80 degrees in the Bay Area, and uh, then he's listening to his favorite podcast, and suddenly Dan just drops a hammer on him, and it's very uh, painful. He but, has
6: never listened to this show oh no, he's a huge in fan. his life. The
4: climate change little you know <laughs> dig in there too. Interesting,
2: getting political. <laughs> Mark, I know you threw your arms up. Listen, it's a conversational show. Sometimes. What things happen? I did. Yes, you did. I, I apologize. I, want, I thought I wanted to extend the tart conversation a little bit more. I throw it. Be back my to guest.
6: Uh, I mean, I. I'm at the point now where, like, if this has felt like a 400 day week, I want to be taken out of here by ambulance. Um, we're good. Uh, yeah, I think that the Stafford mistake. Stafford <laughs> mistakes are a key because I mean, when they've melted down, and it's been a while because he's been rather pristine in the playoffs, and I, I kind of believe that. This Rams team that, you know, you added pieces, you added OBJ. They've gone through some ups and downs in terms of gelling, but now they're here. And the only thing that concerns me about the Rams is, you know, Sean McVay talked about the two-week period before that Patriots Super Bowl, that he started to get into a mode of overthinking, that they got way too tight preparing for that game, Mm. in that game itself. And what concerns me is if they had one of these scenarios where Stafford makes early mistakes and the Bengals are loose and feeling themselves, do you get the tight version of the Rams, which we've seen a couple times. And, and they've I, been
2: blown out in, the, in those scenarios They this absolutely season. have. Yeah. And so it's
6: like I, I, you know, the Bengals, what I was going to mention, was they've only lost two games by seven or more points. So they're
4: not a team that um, I think will get blown out. I just don't see that in this situation. Right. I mean, other than the game they didn't play their starters, as much as we see it's a talent mismatch in theory, the Bengals just beat the Chiefs twice in the biggest two games of the year in a row, and they beat the Titans. Like I don't care how. I love they... When Greg's voice hits that up octave, I'm just saying like this is a bit different <laughs> Bengals. I'm just team. saying uh... in their biggest games of the year, here's what they did: they put a forty burger on the Ravens, they beat the Chiefs to win the division, and then they just rolled through the AFC. I know they haven't won these games like incredibly convincingly, but they beat the one seed. They beat the Chiefs two times. It's like. At, At this point, whatever it is that they're doing, it's working. And I think defensively, it can start on the outside of their pass rush. Hendrickson and Hubbard against Whitworth and Havenstein. And that actually is the strength on strength. It's the strength of the Rams offensive line, certainly. Uh, But Whitworth was coming back from an injury. He's now gotten a couple weeks to rest. I think that's a plus. He was not the same in the NFC Championship. He had a rough game of it. And and he was playing against a great opponent in terms of Nick, Nick Bosa. He's 40. But this... If, if Hubbard and Hendrickson can have a game and they don't come off the field, so I think the extra week is good for them too. They, they just stay on the field. They're going to play every single down, and it's going to be up to those two guys. If they can get some pressure on Stafford, because you're right, Dan, to your point about Stafford versus the blitz. Stafford's good right now versus any everything, but he's especially good versus the blitz. They're going to need those. He is guys. the
6: highest grade against the blitz of anyone in the Next Gen Stats era. So I don't think that's you know that's not a deficiency on any level. It's the opposite.
4: I want to
2: uh, dig in a little bit deeper on the matchups here um, and talk about the number two, number two wide receiver on both teams, the number two cornerbacks on both teams, because I think. Obviously, and I think it's going to be so exciting to see it, Cooper Cup having an all-time season. He's over 2,000 yards now, uh, regular season and playoffs. I think he's closing on like 2,400 yards or something insane like that. And then on the other side, Jamar Chase. And those guys are going to eat. We know they are. uh, But what does T. Higgins do, Uh, especially if he is lined up against Darius Williams, uh, who is a guy who has surrendered a passer rating near 100 and Mm. has not had an interception all season. Then you look on the other side – Of the field, and there's Odell Beckham, and Odell Beckham is coming off his best game as a Ram. And guess what? Odell Beckham could see a lot of coverage against Eli Apple, who is the very definition of a journeyman uh, cornerback. These are mismatches. Now, Jalen Ramsey is an interesting guy in this all this too. He's the best defensive player uh, in either secondary, and who does Jalen Ramsey cover? He could end up covering both the top two receivers for the Bengals. But either way, one of those guys is going to have a matchup advantage, and if the QBs on each side have a chance to tear up those mismatches,
4: that could change the game as well. It's been interesting to see how they've used Ramsey in the playoffs. It's been totally different than the rest of the time he's been with the Rams. Like he's been an outside corner again. He's been what he was in Jacksonville. The whole idea with Ramsey in L.A. was like, we're going to play him in the slot, and that way he impacts the running game, and he's in the mix, and, and everyone was getting all worried, worked up about that. That hasn't been the case in the playoffs. He traveled with Mike Evans, but he was also on the outside against the Bucks and the Cardinals. It's kind of been a sea change. I think it's Raheem Morris who's had a great playoff run, by the way, he hasn't gotten a lot of pop for it, like that NFC Championship, he was great. Yeah, I think it's it's like, hey, let's just use Ramsey for the thing he's best at. And to me, that's just following Jamar Chase around. It's not being in the middle and trying to stop seven-yard catches by Tyler Boyd. I, I think I think you'll see that sort of matchup, and you'll see Stafford lean on what I think he's done so well here, which is make the whole read. Go through his progressions, get to a second and third guy, get to OBJ. I, it's weird because Stafford, I felt, was like overrated compared to his numbers throughout the course of the regular season, and in the playoffs, he's been almost underrated. He's been the best quarterback in the playoffs, um, along with Josh Allen. Like I, I guess he's not like at that that, that insane level, but his three game stretch is easily better than any three game stretch that he had during the course of the regular season.
6: I think the next factor is Joe Mixon in the receiving game because Mm. if you've got this scenario with Jalen Ramsey, I mean, first of all, pressure on Burrow, the the result of that could take away the chance for deep shots. It might be more. We've seen a lot of yards after the catch from Bengals receivers, number one. But Mixon has, you know, the run game has not been dominant on any level, but he has been very effective catching the ball, and I think you can match him up against some of these Rams linebackers and make some hay there.
2: Um. I want to talk also about the Cincinnati strategy here on defense because they were able to save their season. I think Lou Anarumo, a guy who started uh, this season well back in the summer, You know, we had some fun with Lou. We had some fun with the Bengals in a lot of ways, um, just as they were kind of a no-na- no-name staff. And Zach Taylor, when is he going to show something? Well, all these guys have showed something. Their ability to transition and find a way to slow down Kansas City, is to me like the the craziest thing that happened in these playoffs i still can't believe it happened uh even a couple weeks later and will they will they try to replicate that formula against stafford which is a lot of three-man rushes you drop a ton of guys into coverage and you try to close up the lanes for stafford because again stafford even in this great playoff run he's going to throw the ball up every once in a while there is there's a scenario I could see where he could struggle with that type of defense well look how they
6: got here because they had that big interception against Derek Carr in the wild card game obviously they unspooled the Titans with the three interceptions I thought that the stop against the Chiefs right before halftime caused psychological damage to that offense and put Patrick Mahomes into a strange place I mean we keep talking about Joe Burrow they've won three playoff games by 13 points and it's been the turnover. So you almost it's been, the have, it's been the defense. You almost have to project a Bengals win, including a Matthew Stafford interception or fumble
4: recovery right. or something. They they play so hard on defense. I think that's they play a pretty simplified defense where they're not going to try to confuse you. And it, and you get guys who are cohesive who communicate that play at the end of the first half. You mentioned Mark. The, the, when I rewatched that, I realized like actually that wasn't a bad read by Mahomes at all. Ty, Tyreek Hill had leverage when he threw the ball. Eli Apple just made a play. And it's Tyreek Hill, so you're... Right. You know. Eli Apple made a play. Jesse Bates made a play on that interception in overtime. Their defense has been stepping up. And I think, to what I mentioned sort of when we started this talk, that Zach Taylor knowing Sean McVay and just watching how the Rams do, that, he's going to just beg the Rams to run. And I don't know, and that and that plays to the Bengals' weakness. They're a bad run defense, and they're a good pass defense. And yet, I think they are going to do some of that, which light boxes and all that stuff. And just say, if you want to beat us, trying to you know run six yards at a time, you probably could do it. And that's what we'll ask you to do. And I think Sean McVay will be very tempted because that's sort of what he is. Uh, and I think the Bengals want to just get keep that game close. And I and I think that's like the way they, they can win. All right, so there you go. There's a a deep dive on the game. We've got so much more to
2: get to here, Uh, but why don't we take a little break uh, from chopping up Super Bowl 56 to welcome in a big-time guest.
0: Let's do it, Ricky. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring—
2: All right, joining us now, I said we had big guests, and we got a superstar in our midst. He is the running back for the Tennessee Titans, Derek Henry. Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast.
9: Thank you all for having me. How y'all doing?
2: Good. Good, Good, man. Derek Henry joins us today, reminding you to try new Old Spice Gentleman's Blend deodorants and body washes crafted to be gentle on skin with ridiculously long-lasting freshness. You could buy Old Spice Gentleman's Blend in stores now did you get all that Re- really things
4: coming from out of your mouth I, i'm an old
2: spice man going back to my father derrick henry
0: <laughs>
2: how are you sir we know we uh coming off a season that was uh, another division title you had the unfortunate foot injury you made it back for the playoffs uh didn't go the way you wanted and now that team is in the super bowl you're gonna watch the game
9: yeah, I watch the game. <laughs> yeah.
2: it, is, is it is there more of a frustration when you see the team that took you out in January playing, or is it you kind not
9: of really on? the frustration with the team, but yeah. you know, frustration with how we played in and yourself? I mean, they're just a better team. You can't be frustrated with them.
4: You watch like, it from home, or you go you go into the game.
9: I watch it from home. I ain't going to the game. Okay,
6: when you're watching a game with like just regular <clears throat> citizens, and you see and know so much more about what you're observing, is that? How is that? Do you? It's hard not to un, unleash tons of knowledge on people about what you're watching.
9: <laughs> yeah, sometimes you, you, you might have to because it's get outrageous sometimes. But mo- most of the time, you just sit there and laugh, and you're so in tune with the game, you just just, just watch the game. But if you hear something outrageous, it's like what.
2: <laughs> well, I was going to say, because then there's the other thing. Like, sometimes you have to educate people who might not know what they're talking about. Yep. But then they'll be
9: like, oh, there's Derrick Henry.
2: I'm going to try to sound like I know what I'm talking about. And then they right. don't. Do you, you just keep that to yourself. you are be like, actually, bro, check yourself. That was a zone. <laughs> You're not even plugged in on the
9: game at all. Yeah, just give him a pat on the back. <laughs> 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 Do
4: you feel guilty at all just for outshining us so much with your sneakers? I just, it's hard for me to not just stare at these. Louis Vuitton sneakers. I've never seen anything quite Greg, like them. Greg
6: fancies himself a no, shoe guy, too.
4: No, really. so, not really. Yeah. Not, He's a shoe guy, too? No, not not at all compared to that. His nickname is
2: Sneakerhead. <laughs>
9: Sneakerhead? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, no. okay.
2: No. What is that? You got, like, the
4: crazy closet with 7,000 pairs of shoes? Do you do that? Yeah, anything? I do.
9: Oh, I, I like do. that. I love shoes. I got a lot of shoes.
4: Is this, like, a week where you're going around? I don't know if you're going to any Wait, I had more night shoes life. Questions. No, that's where I'm okay, going. Good. Nightlife and everything. And... You're seeing a lot of other players around where it's a little bit of you checking out what the other guys have. You're trying to outshine them.
9: Well, not really outshine them because I feel like I'm the drippiest. So, okay. Um, <laughs> let's see what, they, what they're what they coming with, you know, if I need to step up my game a little bit. But, but yeah, I'm always checking out fashion. I love fashion. I love shoes. And i got a lot of them.
2: You know. What about Joe Burrow? Because usually quarterbacks, you know, a lot of them are a little buttoned up, and they, and they don't like – like you said, drippy. They don't like to do the swag thing, and yet he, he's all about it now. Tannehill, your quarterback, maybe maybe I'm missing it. He doesn't seem to go down that same path. Is there is there a drippiness to Ryan
9: Tannehill? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Tannehill be dripping sometimes. He come in the locker room, be like, okay, I see you. Yeah.
2: How important is that? Like, is the guys really? Uh, is everyone really plugged in in terms of like trying to one up each other? Like, how big a part of that is that within the? NFL sphere.
9: Um, uh, it's it's funny because you know some guys, you know, they really you know like like to look good and um you know pull up to the game fresh. And some guys is like, man, put some sweats on, let's go play football. But you you, you usually know the guys who who you're each and every week, and uh, you look look forward to seeing what they what they have on.
6: When you so Mike Vrabel wins coach of the year, mm-hmm. very deserving. He was definitely someone that we thought. Was, did an incredible job with that roster that went through so much. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you like? Do you have text threads with him? And are you texting him, or do you do you feel pressure to call him up on the phone when he does that, or do you do you guys a little more radio silence in the off season?
9: Oh no, I texted him last night and um total congratulations. I was actually sitting in front of him um during the show. I texted him last night and um total congrats. Um he definitely deserved it, like you said, with everything that went on this year and what 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 he was able to do. Um with him and in the coaching staff and with everything how and how they played. And, um, you know, it was definitely cool and uh, to see him get that award.
6: Is he funny behind the scenes, or is he a very serious man?
9: <laughs> Coach, Coach, Coach Braber can be funny, but he can be serious as well, but he's, he, he's funny too.
4: I wouldn't want to make him mad. He feels like he, he would be funny, but when he'd be funny, he might be kind of cutting. Like, he, does he ever take people down a little bit when he's showing uh, maybe plays that weren't so great from Sunday and he's just making fun of the players in front of everyone?
9: Uh... No, I mean that You're not that, in the circle, Greg. That, you don't
4: get that answer. <laughs> that,
9: that just comes with the territory. I mean you know, right. when you play a game on Monday, you gotta go watch the film and um, you know, see what you did and what you need to do what you need what you need to do better. But I always tell them. 'em. I'm like, man, I wish you put them past on one more time so I
2: could you know. <laughs> Yeah, bro. So well, yeah. I just assume like Rabel, you know, he's a Patriots guy at heart and I, I always assume like anybody that comes out of that building. They have a sense of humor just scrubbed out of them until there's just (laughs) no personality anymore. Mac Jones, their quarterback, was on the red carpet for honors yesterday, and our producer, Erica, asked him who wins the game, and and he goes, I don't want to (laughs) say. Personality is important, Derrick Henry. We need more of that, don't we?
9: Yeah, I mean, you you got to have a personality, I feel like that brings you more opportunities you know and people know. see like old spice. who you really are see <laughs> old spice and things like that but um you know that that patriot that patriot can sneak up on you a little bit you know if you've been around it for a long time
6: we, one we, uh, one old spice question like do players put on deodorant before a game or do you do you want to maybe smell as bad as possible to keep up keep people away from you <laughs>
9: I know I want to smell good before a game but some people have different st- what strategies you? you know it makes it so funny like some players take a whole shower for a game I'm like you finna shower to get my right. stank?
2: what is the yeah. point of
6: that I I agree <laughs> also
2: like feel fresh all right if we're I going down this road let's just go down the road because you like like Tony Saragusa, tells stories about guys that like don't even go to the bathroom they got to go to the bathroom and they just right there they don't even go back to the locker room is that a thing <laughs> of the that's past or is that still right happening? in your pants yes?
9: I, I really don't know. I, I don't wanna know if you peed or <laughs> didn't between yourself at all. You keep that between yourself and who who are we playing against. Not but even
2: Old Spice can save that.
9: Everybody has crazy I mean you you'd be you'd be surprised at the crazy stories that you would hear what guys do their strategy wise as far as game days. Everybody's different.
4: So Derek, we've been on a journey with Titans fans this year, mm-hmm. just in general. Yeah, and we've appreciated the team, but there were so many injuries. There, there was times when there was certainly doubt of, like, whether the Titans could keep winning. We we have a, a big-time Titans fan here. He actually has a pod, podcast. He's also a producer at, at the NFL Network, Justin Graver here. So, and, so. And, and he... He represents a group that I think came after a lot of national media that they weren't getting enough respect throughout the year, and I feel like the Titans fans they almost became a little annoying. What what is your relationship with the Titans fans? Do you think they they come too hard at us, or you, you like them having your back that much?
9: Uh, yeah, man, they just they they prideful about the team, and they want us to get the recognition. You know, you know, usually you we really we don't. I guess this is a small market, but. And at the end of the day, we love the underdog mentality. You know, we don't need no recognition. We just try to go out there and um, play on Sundays or whatever day, wherever other day it is, and um, let that you know, speak for ourselves. But, you know, Titans don't really get that much recognition. Y'all know that. Mm-hmm. You
6: should you we, should we share, are, Graver, did. the nickname that you came up with for the Titans defense with Derrick Henry. Oh, yeah.
7: oh, yes. What do you think of the Tennessee Tickle Monsters as the nickname for the defensive line?
9: <laughs> I don't think nobody on that defensive line laughing at all. <laughs> They're they <were> hungry. <laughs> Yo, so you you gotta, that QB.
7: Justin,
2: you gotta drop that. You gotta yeah. you it doesn't KPL. seem
4: to resonate you, you, with the you, you, with the team. KPL. You've gotta read the room. You've
7: done a good a, job a as like angry Titan. I'm going to go back but, to Big
9: Jeff and Bud and let them know you called me yeah. tickle Monsters. Don't see <laughs> but, <yeah>. Bud <laughs>
7: gave it a shout out on Instagram. Big Jeff was very anti Jeff was so mad he
2: he nearly killed Joe Burrow in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how Jeff felt about that. one. Before we let you go, Derek, I need to say I um we love watching you play. You just turned twenty eight. You have prime years ahead of you. I think maybe the Gravers, Titans are giving you the ball too much. I know a running back <laughs> loves The Rock, but yeah. these 300 carry seasons, these 400 touch seasons, should we just dial it back so you have the juice in your mid-30s? Or are you different than everyone else anyway?
9: Um, I mean, I had a an unfortunate injury this year. Um, I think it comes with the style of play. You know, and um, I feel like as, as the game goes on um, – I just get stronger and I and I get in a better rhythm, whether that's twenty two carries or 28, 29, 30, 31, 41, 30, thirty,
4: thirty one, nine hundred. Yeah, <laughs> other running backs just like come up to you and be like, "How do you do this, man?" Because yes. there aren't really a lot of running <laughs> yes. back. There aren't yeah. any running backs. Literally, in the last fifteen years, it's done anything like that.
9: Yeah, they they, they always be they always say something um, about about the carries, you know, which you know. In the NFL, I mean, you're going to be sore, your body's going to be banged up a little bit, but it's about the recovery process each week to get your body feeling back right so you can go out there and perform at a high level. You just tell them,
4: like, I'm tougher than you. Sorry, man. Huh? You just tell them asking, like, I'm just tougher than you, I guess. I tell
9: them it's all in the curls. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) I
4: I don't know if you're happy with your representation or not, but I just
2: want to say, I don't have any experience in the agent realm, but... If I was your agent, I would build in massive escalators for every game that was over 30 touches. Like, you want him to touch about 30 times? Million dollars in week seven, two million in week eight, just from there and there. What do you think? That's not too bad. There you go, Derek Henry. We'll talk business off mic. Thank you so much for joining us, and enjoy the rest of the radio road journey.
9: Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me. I enjoyed it.
2: There we go, Derek Henry. Give it up. Woo!
7: Tighten up. (laughs)
2: <laughs> there he goes, Derek Henry. that got a little weird, and uh, I don't have a problem with it. I, I think sometimes you have to hit the hard hitting questions <laughs> and he answers i like them. I like getting weird with the you know in these interviews It's been good how did you did you feel a, a, a connection there?
6: um not the <laughs> same way I did with Justin Herbert. that was just special. It was a special right. occurrence i mean i it was a delightful guest, and I'm glad that you know Gravedigger could
2: yeah I thought hash Gravedigger it out with him a bit. comported himself well there. And you got a photo. His eye, Henry's so eyes, Henry's nice. eyes, lit
4: up when I mentioned that you had the podcast. And suddenly he was, he was much happier to be here. That yeah, I think
6: that's where the connection bravery. was. Yeah. It was yeah. between you two. So you can't, we can't be uh, greedy about the connection stuff.
4: It's no, this I was felt your it a little
7: bit. It was, and I appreciate you guys for Greg. Thanks for saying all that, making it known to the king who I was. I guess. Yeah. The, <laughs> Although I mean, then you had to do the. The nickname Tickle bit, monsters. and that was a yeah. tough, tough switch. Well, that was on Mark. Mark kind of teed him up
2: on that. Yeah, so I, that I wanted situation. to know what a
6: Titans player would think of. He actually you
2: know, was. He almost had a visceral reaction. Yeah, on that. I think got... I think that should be the, the ultimate decider. I know he's not on the defensive side
7: of the ball, but I, I agree. I think even my incredible video promoting the nickname is not enough to <laughs> overcome <laughs> the King shooting it no. down on this podcast <clears throat> in a big spot.
2: In a big spot. All right, let's get into. Oh yes, it's a tradition. Sandwich props. Go get my lunch. You monster. You tickle monster. What is it? Tickle monster? Tennessee tickle monster. Yeah, Tennessee tickle monster. Oh, listen to that. Uh, uh, Marker. Misophony must be really triggered. I do not
6: like that sound. I never have. I still do not. Okay, let's work
2: through it. We're going to each make uh, two propositions connected to Super Bowl 56. And uh, see how it all pays out. I will get us going. I have like a more traditional one here. But I, I really want to hit it again, boys. That it is tremendous that we get two potential. Uh, we got, both have a long way to go. But they have Hall of Fame potential in Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. And both coming off just spectacular seasons. The star um, playmakers on each side of this game. So it's two parts. Both Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup go over 100 yards receiving. Mm. I feel very confident about it. both those guys are going to eat. But I've got—I know it's a Super Bowl, so you got to raise the stakes. One of those two men will get there by halftime.
4: Wow! I love it. I love it. That is, um, you know, a field full of illegally grown onions. Like they're putting <laughs> HGH into these onions. Hey, it's wow. a Super wow. Bowl. Um, there you go.
7: Onions are sitting on top of the ground.
4: <laughs> right on top of the ground. I'm putting it's them on the ground. Like, it is like the, the si- ground. It's like the size of the convention center because that, that's big. The, uh,
7: you try these onions. You'll like them. They're real sweet onions.
4: So I'll, I'll definitely take you I wonder on. if that yes.
6: farmer knows that he's part
4: of the show. I wonder if he's with us at this point. Well, that's, he was a very he was old an, man when he was we first old. found yeah. that clip. Because um, <laughs> I might have even taken they both get over 100. Right. It's football, Not spicy, though. Football's hard. I think it's going to be a defensive game. And wouldn't surprise me if one of them has eighty-five yards in this game. You
6: know. Well, Dan is the ultimate showman, so yeah. I loved the the add on yeah. there, and I'll, I'll take you on it because it's that's how you do this. And I sure. also
4: wanted to set the bar here. This is the Super
2: Bowl, so okay. Let's now I big. need to think bigger. Let's go big. Uh, do you want a break? Do you want me to throw it to Mark first? No, I'll, right, I'll go, go. Ahead, It's Greggy. fine.
4: Um, Joe Mixon just, will have at least eight carries. That, let's do <laughs> right. Let's do something more creative. It's more like I was doing like over unders and you know reasonable ones. Uh, how about? Uh, to be more creative, Jamar Chase will deliver a meaningful block in this game that oh. that people talk about.
2: Have we moved on to Sessler Boulevard? I mean, how there? many people? A
4: little, a little. No, I mean, not like it's going to... Make the news, you know. Right. Where it's, it's talking not to
2: a cheerleader, you know, being in the news for nefarious reasons. For instance,
4: reasons. actually in the AFC Championship game, one of their <laughs> touchdowns, Jamar Chase, it was on the Pirine touchdown made the key block to get him into the end zone. Now, maybe not everyone's talking about that after the game, but I would show it to you and say, like, Jamar Chase made the key block. He does that often. He's been known for a couple monster blocks down the field throughout the course of the season. That would have qualified for me, uh, and I would then point it out. So it's a little tricky in terms of how you judge this, but Jamar Chase makes... A memorable block in this game that memorable that is, that is crucial. Right, I, crucial.
6: I am not taking you on this. It's far what? too it's far too vague. It's like it's unprovable that it's um, swept the nation to, as you say. No, or whatever, it's not, you know? not going
4: to sweep
2: the you nation. You of it, all a people big, saying that, Mark. That's yeah, your stock that's, and trade.
6: Well, no, you guys. First <laughs> of all, first of all, you act like street cops when I do that, and it's like <laughs> I I don't know how to judge this. It's too it's hurting my mind. I like the concept. I will in certainly theory.
2: take you up on it because I think that. I, I mean, he is a very good football player. He's just not a, a playmaker. But the chances that uh, he makes a big tangible impact in the game I, will be remembered as making a play with the ball in his hands, I would think.
4: Right, so. right. I'm saying a block, like, either on a touchdown or mm-hmm. a decisive block.
2: Like, a block, it, could it be... They're down twenty-eight-seven
4: or up no, twenty-eight-seven. No. He makes a. Where's good the block?
6: onion guy with this one?
5: It's not an onion. Oh, that is.
2: It
4: is. I was trying. to. Oh, so Lamar
5: Chase makes a block. I was trying in to crank it. Yes, because
4: how many times do wide receivers make memorable blocks? Not too often, but he he is one of the best blocking well, well, wide well, well, receivers. And one thing about him is like he is always. I, I love for a superstar receiver balls to the wall, a hundred miles an hour. Always the first guy celebrated. Always the first guy like running after his okay. teammates. I and, wish and, the best then, for you on this, yes. Greg. I,
6: I hope. It's an yes. exciting journey for you.
4: All right, up next. Uh, okay, Mark Sessler. I'm
6: trying to decide what to do here. Um, I'm just going to start with this one. A non QB will complete a massive pass in this game. That was mine. That I is was talked about. Say that. Well, oh. then we're then we can Sorry, we can Ricky. tag team on that. How about you learn that? your 30s are filled with disappointments.
5: Seriously, right? I would literally just slack down, be like, "Oh, I got a really good one."
6: That's it. I'm I'm I keeping mean, that nice and simple. I mean, it's and it's one that we will be talking about non, tangibly. Non
4: QB completes a pass. It it would be like a,
6: it could be you a, want to give us a yard? Be
2: like, is there anything so we can so a, it's less vague? like
6: earth shaking, um, like chain moving first down or potentially even a score? A I'm not seeing. A it has to be one of those. But That's it's not like, going to be a three yard completion or something. It's, it's going to be it, like. A, not, a, a,
5: not like a little wildcat. A, like I think a, we're
6: talking about like a surprise play to some degree, a trick play to some degree. But I'm, I, I would imagine on like a fourth, a fourth down type thing. Well, it's a non QB completing so, a pass that we think is a pivotal. Here's moment. the thing.
2: I'll, I'll take it. I'll take you on it just because that's the way to win this game. But that's what the NFL is now. Like the offenses have changed, and trick plays aren't so tricky anymore. It's O-B-J, part of, certainly. it's part of the basic playbook. You at some point. These teams both
4: have it in their playbook. They want to try the You want me, me to situation.
6: replace it with a different one? Ty- no, no. Tyler no.
4: Boyd, okay. Tyler Boyd's good at it. OBJ's good at it. It's one of the most popular props to bet on actually is is non-QBs either completing a pass or completing a touchdown. I'm going bet. for mass appeal. Yeah, so.
6: I'm not
2: I'm I, I'm not taking on uh, or trying to take out your prop. I'm I'm just saying like if that happens it wouldn't be one of those like that's a Sestradamus no, it's, thing. It's, um, it's I like think what?
6: the like smallest on the onion sa- of the
4: three. Actually. Uh, on this, really on the
6: sandwich. Uh, no, Greg, no, it is not. You, it you, is. Are <laughs> your wide receiver is going to block someone. I mean, what, what are we doing here?
4: But that that <laughs> is that is when when is anyone talking about a wide receiver block? It, it, that is fairly rare. It's fairly rare. Uh, I'll call
2: it. All right, So there we go. So did you you took. I'm more? taking you on. Oh, yeah, that, I'll sure. take you up on it as well. All right, one more round. I will move. I like to talk about the halftime show. So let's let's hit the halftime show here. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, Mary J. Blige. It's the first hip-hop, the true first hip-hop halftime show. And um, I was going through the list of songs, right, that that should be in the playlist. And it's crazy because it, it really is hip-hop, especially 90s. 2000s hip-hop is the new classic rock of uh, of our generation. There's just so many memorable hits that it's going to be hard. It's a 12-minute halftime show. So what I'm going to do is I came up with like 12 songs that everyone would know as soon as they started playing. Uh, Gin and Juice, Drop It Like It's Hot, The Next Episode, The Real Slim Shady, Forgot About Dre, Lose Yourself, Humble, Family Affair, Nothing But A G Thing. Like all songs that I think would make sense. Hit that again, Ricky. But I'm going to say the opener and the closer i'm going to predict i'm going to nail it i like it this is one of the most memorable instantly recognizable musical cues in the history of hip hop it is still dre off his uh, chronic 2001 comeback album this is how it opens i agree Definitely. you hear it, the I agree. place blows up as soon as you hear this okay so this is the opener and then i think it closes I think it closes with California Love. Yeah, because I think it's it's one of the great um, hip hop songs ever. It's the Super Bowl first Super Bowl in Southern California in 30 years. It's all about West Coast hip hop. Open, still Dre. Close, California Love. Maybe we get a little Tupac
4: hologram action. That's just speculation on California Love, but we'll see.
5: I think you nailed that. I'll, really I'll take do. you up
4: on it. The California Love thing's tricky, of course, because no Tupac. Um, <laughs> it's tricky. I mean, <laughs> it's I'm just saying part. you're playing. You're closing with the song where the key, the key member, is no longer alive. So that that. That's why I think there's that, some
2: shenanigans afoot potentially.
4: Right. Um, I'll take you up on it. I agree with the opener. I if I had to pick a closer, and we could do some side sandwiches on sure. this. I'm going to go all right uh, by Kendrick Lamar. No. I I think. I I know that Kendrick Lamar closing. First of all, Kendrick Lamar is the biggest and most relevant person
5: there. I think. No, Greg.
4: Relevant. Well, Greg likes rap, so you have to give him the better. I'm just saying of like like four
5: years ago, Kendrick was.
4: But I'm saying of this crew of who's on top now. Who's the who's the the most recent big hit with. Well, Eminem's trying to come back. I mean, come on. Uh, These are legacy acts. These are legacy acts. He's not a legacy act. He's the guy. My my point is that was like the anthem of the black protests. From two years ago, yeah. it's the most meaningful song, maybe from any of their catalogs. It's also instantly recognizable and gets everyone singing. And I think it goes um, with everything that's been happening in this country and and what they w- might want to leave you with. So I'm going all right. To all right football Kendrick is Lamar.
5: family, though. Everyone all together, family affair might close it too with that could be everybody fun. That could be with like fun. a medley. They would never. I right. think football not is family it. is no longer. They're not closing uh, accurate, with Mary. So. We're
4: getting the head shake, and, and he's not into Aaron. my points. I like. He's not into I like my it, points. The, I think. There absolutely it's, it's could be
2: a, a social justice component to the show. I'd be surprised if there wasn't. Um, however, to make it the closer, I think they want to close with a, a, a smash. Good. Like even like, listen, I don't think Eminem would close the show. I think Dre's closing it. But like, lose yourself. That could be like a song that they close. That's like a, become a sports anthem in its own right. It's very.
4: Can't wait. We're gonna. Will there out. be a
6: surprise performer? Sure. Well I, I, either yeah,
4: Tupac's definitely. still alive
2: or Tupac <laughs> well, hologram is my prediction. I mean Warren oh.
4: G came out and did regulate at the playoff game, right? And <laughs> yeah, but he's more I, like I, a wild card. I round appreciated guy. that. Uh, Montel Kennedy was there too. He was great. He was great. I
6: will take you, um minus commentary.
2: Okay. Um you're more in the Chris Russo vein. You have nothing to say. Just, no, I just yes. I
6: see the um, we have the fantasy show trailing us, and they're yeah. starting to get. Um, now, like their, their faces are starting to grow red, so I don't okay. need to add. A we're now at a the Damashek's part political. of our
4: career where we were like, "Well, <laughs> Damashek, get off the stage. It's our time now." Like he's going forty minutes late. Yeah, that's all right. right. Greg took uh, ecstasy before this episode. All right, right. here we go. Um, one more for each of you boys. See, I had another Markish type one, which was like the noise will create. Uh, a key offensive penalty because I think noise will be a bigger factor. But I, like I don't. That. I don't want to go with that as a sandwich. I'm going to go no, Joe Burrow is, is sacked less than three times. So two or less. Ah,
6: S- I love it. I'm taking you on Two, two or, good or under.
4: One. Two and a half. Yeah, two and a half is the number. So you has to be under that. Oh, yeah. I think Donald will have two himself. So, so I'm, I'm giving some love to the Bengals. California. Game planning and Joe Burrow. Mm. It's a good one. I'll Definitely take you. On okay, that. it's a good yeah. one though. Uh, that's that a lot of faith that. in Joey B. I really recovered from the block that you guys didn't. <laughs> yeah, that was horrible. I think it was good. I think it was, when it happened. You it know what? You're
6: going to have justice because I think it's going to occur.
4: I mean, that was no, just, I think it's going to occur in the game, and you're no, you going to be sleeping. Now you're right. misunderstanding me then because it it probably would have only occurred. Three times in this season, that, that, like twice. Maybe. I'm trying to tell you that I right, think you're
6: – like, this is an this, impossible this, And the one
4: you were just about
2: to go through is like the crowd noise that the Super Bowl is going to cause a false start. <laughs> it's like, all right, we're back on
6: track. That's a compliment to you, buddy. Mark. <laughs> 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 all right. I want to take you back to a date and time, February 7th, 2010, the Saints called Super Bowl. Remember how they came out of after the halftime show? Forty-minute-long halftime scenario. Onside kick. Onside kick. I was there. Sean Payton, who we just saw walk by us all week long before the game, said, "We're calling it ambush, and we're going to do it if the situation's right. We're going to do it." I'm telling you right now, the second whoever kicks off in the second half <laughs> is going onside kick. <laughs> ambush the sequel.
5: Okay.
4: Okay. I, I mean, I'll definitely take you on ambush. Put it, the it sequel. in the books. It'd be funny that if they named it after um, I'm calling it a, that a play from the Saints sure. when they have no connection. That's to my them name whatsoever. for it, but
6: it's it is a sequel to that. All right, I'll take See, you a on
4: terrible that. special teams um, group uh, with the Rams. Definitely their weakest uh, part of their game and uh, their team all year long. So maybe the Bengals take advantage of that and catch them by sure. surprise. I like that.
2: All right, there you go. Those are the sandwich props for Super Bowl. Make sure you check out. Go get my lunch. Do you have one, Rick?
5: I was going to do the um, pass, but then I was also thinking that with the Acres news and everything, that Sony Michelle will score a touchdown.
4: Oh, that's good. I like that because Henderson's also playing in this game. Right. It's definitely some onions there. But I like that. I think they would trust him. I'll, I'll take you up on it just for the spirit of the game. Though. Okay. All all right, cool. be- Even though I like it. Before we get to the all important locks. You guys got to decide whether you're taking her.
6: Probably. I will. I'll take it. I mean, I think it's a. Sony Michelle. Nice nice operation Touch- there. Sony okay. Michelle, what is it?
2: Touchdown. Touchdown. I'm not going to take you on it. <laughs> really? Uh, what the f? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking you on it. I don't know why. I, just, I just, just don't want to you take that
5: on it. you got a feeling in the onions about it.
2: Yeah, deep in the onions. All right, before we uh, <laughs> get to the all-important uh, lock and game picks, uh, another, uh, a special guest here, especially for our international listeners. We know you're out there loud and proud. Jordan Mailata, one of the great success stories of uh, the International Pathway Program for the NFL, sat down on the couch with us, very large man, star for the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Uh, here's that conversation. Jordan Mailata he is a star tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles but with a different type of journey you know Jordan first of all welcome to the around the NFL podcast everyone talks about on and on about Tom Brady 199th overall pick in 2000 you went 233 in 2018 and now you are a star offensive lineman in the NFL (laughs)
4: how <laughs> <All> about that? <laughs> <laughs> Woo, and you've had a, a better Already, I would say you've had a better career than nah, Tom Brady. Man. No.
10: Yeah, Tom Brady's the GOAT, man. <laughs> Gotta pay homage to the GOAT.
4: But
2: it's a, if, if people are not aware, this is one of the great success stories um, for uh, when you look at the league from an international perspective. Uh, Jordan is Australian. He came to the league via the International Player Pathway Program, which our man, Handsome Hank Henry Hodgson, is a major figure uh with that and you went from playing rugby yeah in australia and not even playing a down of american football to four years later signing a massive extension with the eagles how did you do it how did you manage this the way you have
10: uh man it was, it was a long journey it was a long journey it wasn't easy um, but with Handsome Hang's help, finding me in, uh, in Australia. Do you with- call him
6: Handsome Hang too?
10: I, I'm I'm gonna now. I have no choice to now. I didn't know that was his nickname. I mean, it fits.
4: He is handsome.
10: It is. It is, he, it is. You
4: were saying, yeah, he looks like he's in Hollywood. Yeah, people don't know Henry actually spends the entire off season walking up and down the streets in mm. various countries, and he just saw you in Australia, and he <laughs> was the one that that really that's, discovered you. That's
10: funny. That's funny. But that's
4: how funny. did how does it
2: happen? Because. I don't think any of us sitting here could can speak with um, real knowledge of the Australian uh, the rugby. But how did you learn? We hear all the time about offensive mm-hmm. line; it's a tactician's game. You have to know how yeah. to use your hands, how to use leverage, how to how to play the play the position. How did you pick it up so quickly? Was there a connection to the previous sport that you excelled in?
10: Um, no, you can't really translate anything over from rugby. I think it's just a whole different skill set, two different sports. Um, I think the one thing I did carry over from rugby was probably my my uh, aggression.
2: Okay, um, makes sense.
10: Yeah, but that that came after I learned how to play. I, I'd like to think that I had some sort of IQ before I came to the sport. <laughs> sure. In order to learn the sport, yep. you know, like you just said, as a tactician's right. position. it wasn't
4: You weren't a caveman rolling exactly. into America. Exactly. Like, Although, was, when you just said the word aggression, Mark actually, like, started to <laughs> lean back. Because like, you guys are next to each other. It's quite a picture. I, I personally, I mean, just... You you could destroy it. Where are we going, Greg? No, uh, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> no,
10: nah, you know, I just I just like to think that I, I had some sort of street smart and book smarts, you know, to allow me to to learn it had the game.
2: To. It had to be the intellectual element of yeah. it. it had to be huge to kind of getting ramped up.
10: Yeah, I think the more repetitions I got, you know, reading over the plays, um, and then going out on the field, just learning the technique. It's, it's kind of just excelled my learning, and that's really some, how I liked learning, was just was, doing it physically, physically. I saw that you
6: talked, like, the playbook you said was just, like, picking up a completely foreign language. I mean, I could, what an yeah. NFL playbook is dense, it's thick, it's um, involved. Like, yeah. how how do you even begin to pick that up, coming in as an adult versus starting, you know, youth football? Yeah,
10: it's basically like a dictionary. Dictionary and the th- thesaurus. So all in one. Yeah, all in one. Mm. It's like... When I first saw the playbook and they opened the the binder folder, or is it a binder folder? The I don't know. I think the Eagles had like a little yeah folder. And when I saw how thick it was, I was I was like, "Come on, this is a joke. This is come on, man. Like I think this is not some university. <laughs> like, I didn't go to college, guys. Come on, man. I can't read." So <laughs> what does rugby, yeah, what does rugby
2: have? Is there like something similar like playbooks or like how does it work?
10: oh yeah but it's probably like three pages right, That's right. <laughs> it's probably like three pages just showing where the backs are just so you line up and show which hole you want to hit
4: what were those first days like in philadelphia you're suddenly on a team with you know future hall of famer like jason peters you're going up against some of the best pass rushers and defensive ends in practice like when you're actually starting to play football and th- there you are like here's this guy uh you know who hasn't played basically ever and you're going up against the the best in the game
10: yeah i think my first couple days there i had uh jason kelsey and lane johnson hit me up just letting me know that i'm going to be in safe hands and then jp uh saw him in the locker introduced myself he's like i know who you are like you know you're the kid that we just drafted from australia i was like cool that's cool (laughs) it's cool environment to get into until the until the ball started rolling we actually went on field and just being able to see the vets do their thing I still had no idea what the hell they were doing because I right. was like, what is that technique? <laughs> so I still had to you know, learn on the on the roll and learn on the ball. So it was, I was just thankful that I had those you know, veteran leadership in the room.
2: And that you would be, to use a football parlance here, a project. I mean, you you had the size, obviously, the strength and the intangibles. Uh, but I'd, I don't imagine they thought it would come together as quickly as it did. Do you, follow, do you follow PFF, by the way, the pro football focus, the grades they do in the trenches?
10: No, not really. You
2: were graded as the third highest graded tackle in the in your second season in the league. You jumped up in the, and again, that's these are all arbitrary rankings, but <laughs> it's more to illustrate the point that you your star has ascended year after year. So it's just like, what are you twenty four now, right? Yes, sir. So it's staying. I imagine the Eagles are pinching themselves, and they're as much as you were happy with that contract. They're probably saying, "Damn, we're happy we locked him up because he's just getting warmed up and he's already <clears> this good."
10: I don't know what they think. They probably are. I don't know. Um, but, <laughs> I don't know if that was a I question. I was just. Uh,
2: no, I really don't know. Like, it's wild.
10: Yes, yeah, it's, it's just been a crazy journey, man. Like I think I wouldn't have gotten here, you know, with the people in my corner. My girlfriend supports me so much. Uh, off the field. Girlfriend um, from rugby days? No, no. I met her at, uh, probably. Like three weeks when I was at Philly. Oh, she was wow. a Philly girl. She's not, she's not from Philly. Oh, all right. Yeah, she's an Anchorage girl. She's from Alaska. Mm.
9: Oh.
2: <laughs> you know yeah. what? I don't think I've ever met an Anchorage girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, never,
10: I didn't even know Anchorage was a place. Are they
2: into elk? What is like, What is like? What's an Anchorage girl like?
10: I've into into Elf. Yeah. Honestly, she does. she's like, brought up animals before. I was like, there's no way you guys eat that. Like, that's some movie stuff. Come on now. This ain't The Revenant. Come on. Come on. This ain't The Revenant. The exactly. Revenant is a movie. Yeah.
6: Speaking but, of food, have you eaten meals bigger than Greg? <laughs> <laughs> We're
10: talking calories or are we just saying like plates? Where, which restaurant cal- are we at? Like, Buffet? How, how
4: many of me do you think you could bench press, I suppose? Like how many...
10: I'm gonna say I'm a say three. Okay, that's yeah, it. That three. sounds about Can you right. bench
2: press Greg right now three times? No, please, I don't want to do this. No, probably couldn't.
4: Can you put?
10: the bench press. press. I'm not that strong.
5: Can you put your hand next to Mark's? Like, just put it up to his.
10: Oh, but he said nice. his That's so right. crazy. Okay, okay. it's,
5: not
4: it's a large sense. man. Wait, I want to hear more about Henry. I know that sounds weird, but I, okay. you're like about the international because we who knows if, when we're gonna get to talk to you again. Henry's one of our great friends. Sounds like he's one of your great friends. A too. real class act. Like what? What? What was that like, um, the process of getting to know the NFL and the international player pathway and, and what Henry, like, what's that What's that relationship been?
10: It's been an awesome relationship. Um, more, I, I think the word, it's kind of like home, like a home feeling. Mm. You know, you come here, foreign land, hear American accents, and then you hear a, a British accent and you're like, oh, that's, that's close to close, home for yeah. me. So, and then meeting Henry, the type of guy that he is, he just cares so much for the program and the players in it he doesn't care that you're a player he cares that you're a good person first and that's one thing for me that resonates with me as as my character like I don't give I don't give a who you are. Right. As long as you, you're a good person, you have good morals, that's all I care about.
4: He did warn us you swore a lot in front of his son. Oh, um, man, come on, man. So <laughs> that was the first, uh, <laughs> hey, that you was the the first one you dropped. But that's plus, plus, like, he's a, he's a handsome guy, the, the eyes they bring you in. Uh, well, right? Greg, calm down. <laughs> down Greg, son, is,
6: what, son, what um, did Greg ingest before this interview? Something them eyes.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before, before we uh, say goodbye, because we know you're a busy man, Um, Now that you are established as a star offensive lineman in the NFL and you've been around the Eagles for several years, and you're obviously a very affable, uh, nice guy, but also an imposing presence, at what point do other Eagles players know, don't try to do an Australian accent, don't you dare (laughs) make fun of the way I talk, I will eat you?
10: I keep you (laughs) lighthearted off the field, man. They they can do all that stuff. Lane does it all the time. Lane does it all the time. It doesn't bother me. He
2: hates it. Henry hates at the office when people talk in a, a faux British accent. But you're much more I guess. Hello,
10: laid I'm back. Henry Hodgson. <laughs> oh wow. Like that. Oh my god. If I close my eyes. <laughs> you could hear, right? Oh my god, if I close my eyes I can hear him. Let's go have some fish and chips. Please. Okay, No, nah, you lost me. You lost me. You uh, lost uh, me. You were there. You you were so you were there. All right. You were there. Um, anyway, Jordan.
2: Thank you so much for coming on. We have we are so blessed to have a a thriving international audience ourselves, (laughs) like in Australia, England. We met some people from Brazil today and took a a photo, and they were big fans. Like, it's it's one of the great... Uh, honors for us and uh, so we're connected to you because we want to see the international pathway program continue to thrive and you're like the shining sun of the program so <laughs> no pressure but keep going to you know the pro bowl and getting high pff grades <laughs> thank, <laughs>
10: thank, thank you <laughs> that's
2: what it's all about jordan my lot everybody thanks guys Woo-hoo!
10: thanks for having
0: me
2: snap, snap 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 we only use foul <laughs> language twice times. not bad not bad Nice man, that Milata.
6: That's another scenario where in about an hour they're going to put these photos out of us standing next to him, you know, in a group shot, and Greg and I look like um, toddlers in adult clothing next to this man. So it's you know. Well, you can't rewarding. feel
2: bad. You can't feel bad about that because he is 6'8", 370 or something. He's like one of the biggest NFL players, not just regular. I mean,
6: yeah, it yeah. sits with me. I don't I, like being my height necessarily. I don't
4: so. feel that at all in the <laughs> NFL scenario. Um, you know, when we see NFL players, I feel it every day when I'm walking home uh, with my kids from school and I pass the middle school and there's many young uh, men and women that's <laughs> who are one. bigger than me. And that's when I feel that's, that's, a bad that's problematic. Problem. Yes. That's a bad beat. It's like high 11 year old girl and, and you know, waving up to her. Bad beats. Well, as Erica mentioned, women develop, is this girl? women develop there, there sooner are some. than men. There, I, there are, well, I guess they're not it's 11. Like they're more like 12th grade but They get big. Yeah, they are big. Few. Those <laughs> girls get big. Trust me. I walk by them every day.
6: Like, I had a sixth grade <laughs> girlfriend who was like legit, like 13 inches taller than me at that time. No, not, not, <laughs> it wouldn't have been later in 13. life, but I was like four feet Were you tall. the
2: one that was just worried about the fantasy guys? Oh, yeah. That is a nice, I would like to see a photo of that.
4: 13 inches <laughs> he was three eleven, and she was
2: 5'3". No, to Erica's,
6: to Erica's point, they develop quicker. Those girls. All right, but now it's
2: getting weird. I don't even the what? word "develop." I don't well, know if we need ahead. it. Okay, it's time to lock it up. It's, and <laughs> everyone knows, if you follow this podcast, that there's something. There's some serious drama afoot. I had a nice cushion uh, exiting the regular season in our locks competition, and it just got whittled away because I tried to. I tried to get behind the favorites as I think is a smart play when you have a lead and try to just run out the clock essentially, but I got burned because this was the year this was the year of the underdog, four seed versus four seed, and I, I picked the wrong horses. I picked Aaron Rodgers in the divisional round. I then picked Patrick Mahomes in the championship round, and somehow both those guys blew it. So it is now a tie between Mark and I. And mm.
4: We should get. You should get maybe the opening. I'm the opening act here, out of the way first. Yes, really I think I, it's Good time call.
2: now. And I did say, uh, and again, and this is just a showing of character for me. But uh, <laughs> I don't want to just go into a lock with Mark necessarily and ride it to a tie. And I'm not interested in that. If, if I'm going to go down 28-3 Falcon style, I'll do it. I'll do it, and I'll take my. I'll uh, take the medicine. Okay. Uh, you know, on the other side of the dime, listen, if I could somehow escape with the title and my first solo trophy uh, after a near meltdown, a la the Rams, mm. I'll, that will feel all the more rewarding. But, yes, let's start with the
4: appetizer, the, the shrimp
2: cocktail. So. The uh- <laughs>
4: Hey, I've had a good playoff run here for the most part. Had that, those Rams in the first round. Uh, that trophy, by the way, is sitting on your desk. I brought it in and I <laughs> I tried to put it in a neutral <laughs> ground, and Mark um, encouraged me to put it on your desk this as is mental like, warfare. And I said, "All right." Well, I so guess Dan, I
6: will. we we have these glass yes. cubicles. He attempted to rest it on the edge I of the our glass. Put of mine at an yeah. Angle. Yeah. I tried was, to put it in it's between. I tried to put it in between.
2: It's like in the like. Uh, eighty six World Series where the Red Sox had
4: already tarped up their lockers to celebrate with champagne that 's what this feels like <laughs> and uh, i don 't like it yeah i I do like uh, how I felt this week and how I felt since the Bengals won that divisional round game is when I started to believe, and I am taking uh, the Bengals to win this game. I think it 's going to be uh, a more of a defensive game uh, than people expect. I like the under, I have it twenty three to 21 Bengals with McPherson hitting the kick at the end, and, and I do believe it, not just because of what I just said about what they've done the last five or six weeks against really uh, good opponents, and not just because there's something more afoot uh, with the Wesley brothers and and everything. I, I think that they will play this game like another game, that they, they will play this game loose, uh, and that they... Football isn't about like who has the best resume, who did this, who did that. It's how you play in that one game, that one performance. And I worry about Sean McVeigh a little bit having some game management situations that Rams fans remember. Forever, And I just believe in this team. I, I tr- I'm not just doing this with my heart, although it's certainly with my heart. I truly believe this game is going to end, and we're going to go find those wrestling brothers in whatever section they're in, and we're going to give them a great big hug, and that's how the season ends. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. All right. Speaking of the wrestling brothers...
8: You know, Aaron Rodgers received a regular season MVP. I guess Joe Burrow will just have to settle for the Super Bowl
10: MVP. <laughs> and I'm locking it up. Nick here. You three podcast bozos have been talking trash about the Westling Brothers all year long. Saying we're at each other's throat. We can't agree on anything. Well, guess what? We're all in unison this week. The Bengals win the Super Bowl. Lock it
8: up. The Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl. And I'm going to lock it up.
4: <laughs> wow, that was awesome. I, and I love that Tim job, definitely had a few drinks before he, he cut. I think there's a dog in the background. <laughs> that was at one ideal. Point. All right. As I said, Mark,
2: I am, uh, due to my collapse in the playoffs, I'm letting fate do to me what it will. So I will be glocking up against you, and I give you right of first choice here.
6: All right, and I'm not going to go where logic would take me here because I think that would guide me towards the Rams. Um, I'm going to lock up the Bengals. I, I, I've seen in my mind a 19-16 to 16 win in overtime, and I think this is the beginning of Joe Burrow being in our life for – the next 17, 18 years as one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. It, rem- it gives me kind of like Tom Brady, um, Patriots, Rams vibes, where it's they're, they're the clear underdog, but they just don't know what they don't know. And I, I, I worry about the Rams getting a little tight, a little tight butt in the second half. <sighs> if, uh, if Sean McVay, you know, things aren't going well. It just seems like they're susceptible to that, where the Bengals are riding this dream wave, and I am taking Cincinnati to take this game in the Super Bowl title. Mm. You're going to lock it up? I am locking it up.
2: All right. And I think this is the way it should have played out because it, maybe there would be a little bit, it would feel a little weird if I didn't believe what I was about to say. But I I am going to pick the Rams. I, I love the Bengals' story. I'm going to lock up those Rams. Uh, I love, the obviously, the wrestling brother component to it. Um, but you know what? Talking to Lakeisha last week, and this, this gave me some peace of mind as well. And I asked her, what do you, how do you want Sunday to play out? She says, I don't care. No matter what happens, just the two teams getting here, the fact that we had this amazing run, the fact that it led to Chris's brothers being in town for the game, which is such a beautiful thing. Um, it's okay with her, whoever wins. And I, I got a feeling, you can never know, I think Wes is cool with that too. I, I, Chris, I know he would love his brothers to be happy, but his wife being happy if the Rams win the Super Bowl, Link is not old enough to really pick a side at this point. So I feel like I'm in the clear and just saying I think the Rams have a better roster. I think they are battle-tested. I think, yes, they've gotten tight butts, but remember what happened in Tampa Bay when the world was caving in, 27-3. They found a way to stay alive and take that game. I don't like the idea of McFearless being involved in a a close game, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to say it won't be that situation. I think it's going to be a four-point game. They'll need to get a stop, and Aaron Donald, like he did in the NFC title game, is gonna make sure it happens. Thirty-one twenty-seven Rams get that Super Bowl mm-hmm. in their
4: building. Lock, Lock it up. I'm gonna channel what I believe Nick Wesseling would say in this situation, which is, "Thank you." You know, you've picked against the Bengals right for three straight weeks. Why change the mojo? It's true. Keep the stank on their opponent, and uh, that, absolutely, that, works out that great. could be, that could be how it played out. But like I said, I have uh,
2: I have failed throughout the offseason, the postseason. Let's see if things change. I don't know. But I'm at peace with it either way. If I lose and collapse and the Bengals are one of the great stories of all time, hey, that's all right. That's all right, too. I will be pissed. It is the greatest the thing
6: that has happened to our show this entire time that we've gone through this really rough year plus after losing West that the Bengals, who were 2-14 and 14 in a lost cause, just a couple seasons ago are here. And so I just, I don't know. Life is very strange. Right. It is. Rick,
4: Ricky's it is. here crying, I feel for you, Ricky. There's <gasps> yeah. a lot of it's emotions.
5: Just, it's going to be funny because it's west of us, and I, I. if the Bengals lose, I can picture West laughing his ass off.
4: Right. <laughs> right, we still <laughs> don't know what just, he thinks it's about this Just. <laughs> and we're a year removed from the worst show in our podcast history. That, oh my that God. was our Super Bowl show, and now we're a couple days about doing – uh, a very different uh, post Super Bowl show, but still, still strange. Still feeling every emotion possible. That his brothers will be there. Uh, that he won't be. But we're gonna, we're gonna find joy in it. I know it'll be a really special, well special yeah. Sunday.
2: We tried to celebrate Wes one year ago at the Super Bowl in the most tragic of circumstances. Just two days after he passed away, uh, now we get to celebrate him. Uh, again uh, after this Super Bowl uh, and uh, look forward to it so thank you to everybody for following our shows uh, all week and uh, check out our around the NFL broadcast Super Bowl preview uh, on Saturday on NFL Network check your local listings and then of of course yes Sunday night the flagship program we recap everything uh, from the big game thank you to everybody Uh, thanks to our guests today and our guests all week and until Sunday night Super Bowl 56 is decided, and there is a champion, and there's a trophy being hoisted both at SoFi and inside our building. (laughs) Heed the call!